So good morning, I'm Pastor Marshall, and welcome to Reignite Church. We have a simple philosophy. Our simple philosophy is love is the way we serve. Everything we do is going to be with love. It's going to be because of love, and it's going to be affected through love, right? So love is our philosophy. So I'm excited to start this new series. This new series is called Travel Light, as you saw the promo to. Travel Light. Think about that. We're all traveling through this world, but not all of us travel light. I know I don't. I know Tiffany doesn't. We don't always travel light. Um, Traveling light is hard to do. Um, And during this holiday season, many of us overpack our lives with unnecessary stuff. We overpack with unnecessary stuff. I'll help you out with that. Every time I take a trip, I always try to pack extra shirts because I know that I'm going to mess something up or I may want something a little bit more loose and casual. You know, so I may tra- take some dressy. I may take something a little bit more casual. But I take extra shirts for just in case. How many of y'all travel for, with stuff just, just in case? You know, one, one time I took a trip where I had a, my jump rope with me because I was really into being fit. You know, I've kind of slacked off a little bit right now. But um, I took a jump rope with me. So I, I said, where we're going, there's no gym. And when I get there, I want to be able to have something to do. So I took my jump rope, but when I got there, I didn't even use it. So, you know, we, we, all, we all have stuff that we do, that we pack, that we value, that we overpack, that's unnecessary in our travels. Yeah. So what I want to do with this series, what I want to do is I want to remind us that we're all traveling through this world. And then I need to remind some that this isn't your home. You may make a lot of money. You may have a a nice house. You may drive a nice car. I'm thankful for all that. But this isn't the final destination. At some point, we have to prepare for the next stop, the ultimate stop. And that that ultimate stop is either heaven or hell. This is not our final stop. And so as we travel through this world, you know, life is too short in the brevity of life. It's too short. And we, we, we don't have time to carry on unnecessary baggage. And some baggage is a little bit more comfortable. Some of us, some of us uh, use uh, baggage that's obvious. And then maybe we had these little sea bags, these duffel bags we carry on the back. And you can see us weighted down as you're carrying, getting ready to go on cruise because you're going to be gone for a long time. But then you have some people that have that little suitcase that you walk through with the airport, and you're able to maneuver life and do life with that. And because it's comfortable and everything, you, you forget that it's excess baggage. But we all have it. We all have it. Some is a little bit more obvious. Some isn't as obvious. But we all have baggage of unnecessary, unnecessary stuff. So we carry things. We carry unnecessary things like hurts, Can I get a witness? We carry unnecessary things like disappointments. Unnecessary. Life's too short. We we carry unnecessary things like bitterness. Oh, man. All kinds of stuff like this weighs us down. But we carry it with us as we travel. So in Luke 18, if you'll meet me there, look with me at Luke 18. It'll be on the screen for you. I want to give you the context of what we're talking about today. Jesus didn't give us, he doesn't expect us to carry and travel unnecessary things in our lives. But the scripture for that is in Luke 18. 
verse 18. What I love about the Bible is that it's true, is that it's insightful. What I love about the Bible is that while you're reading it, it is reading you. Yeah, that's what I love about the Bible. It's alive. I was telling Lexi the other day, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at um, different books, and she has a slew of different books handed down from big sister to her other sister and, and, and the books that we've bought. And, but Lexi has her favorite probably 10, 12 books, and she likes to read those books five, six, seven times over. And, I was, and I'm telling her, I'm like, sweetie, it's, it's, it's fine that you read your books. I said, but it's not like the Bible. The Bible is different. I said, you, once you read that book two, three times, put it away. Give it to, re-gift it to somebody. Because you're not, you're not growing anymore because you know the stories. But that's not like the Bible. The Bible is totally different from that. You can read the Bible because the Bible's alive. And the Bible will come alive every time you read it. You can see the same story and God will lift something out of it and change your situation that you're in. Because we serve a living God. So the Bible is alive. It speaks to us. While you're reading it, it is reading you. Luke 18. We find Jesus in the context this morning. We find Jesus. He's teaching in the text when a certain man comes up to him. A certain man comes up to him with a question. This man is healthy, wealthy, and wise. We also know him as the artist formerly known as the rich young ruler. Y'all familiar with the rich young ruler in the Bible? Um, Jesus is teaching, and this man comes up with a question. And the question he has is critical, but I beg, does he really want to know the answer to the question? So in Luke 18, verse 18, we we have to understand that if we're going to travel light, we have to peek in from this this conversation from a prayer field. And this is what it says in, in verse 18. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Translation, what else, what else can I get? Y'all don't want to be real this morning. What, what else can I get? What must I do to be saved? Verse 19, and Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. That's what made me stop saying I'm good when people ask me, how you doing? I mean, it's, it's, it's a flippant thing that we say, but when someone asks me how I'm doing, oh, I'm good, I'm not good. There's nothing good about me but Christ. Take him out of my equation, I may slap you. Take him removed from my life, I, I may be somebody you might not even want to follow, church, I'm telling you, I'm good. No, I'm not good. Only God alone is good. Verse 20. You know the commandments, Jesus is saying. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your mother and your father. So he's going over the things that you need to do before men, and he's comparing it to the things that you need to do to God. So he's laying all those things, and this rich young ruler, as, as he interrupts Jesus, he, he goes on to say, checkmate, I've done all that. The next verse says, he's, I've done all that since, since I was little. So he thought he could check Jesus. Verse 21, and he says, all these things I have kept from my youth. What else you got? Verse 22, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, 
one thing you still lack. Y'all see it? One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. That's why I didn't want to come to church, because I knew God was going to ask me to give up everything. (laughs) I knew it. Hold tight. Hold tight. Verse 23. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. In another translation, it says that, that, when he, that when he walked away, he walked away very disappointed because he was extremely rich. Oh, man, he just took on some luggage when he walked away. Pastor, but not everybody's rich in the church. Yes, you are. If you, if, if you came here this morning by way of vehicle, you, you are one of the 5 to 7% in the world of rich people. If you drove here today. So I want to use for a text this morning. Letting go of stuff. Disappointments. Hurts. Baggage. That's unnecessary. I bought a $60 keyboard the other day. I didn't want to spend that much money on a keyboard. But Tiffany talked me into it because she likes nice stuff. <laughs> I bought a $60 keyboard the other day. I have a laptop, and I needed a keyboard. The, the, the keys were too small, so I was like, ah, I get a, I get a Logitech laptop, uh, keyboard. I bought, the, I bought the keyboard, and I'm minding my business. I'm in the office studying by myself. I'm drinking my coffee. I have my coffee and stuff. Coffee and the word with, the, with God, that's my time. That's my time. And so Tiffany comes in there, Tiffany comes in there, and she's, she's telling me this joke, something she saw on Facebook, something, she's just, you know, oh, babe, you got to see this. And I'm in the office, and I'm studying, drinking my word, drinking my coffee and my word or whatever. And what she says, because she's so animated, she, she had me laughing so hard, I spilled my coffee on my brand new, my brand new keyboard. $60, down the drain. So I'm, I'm trying to wipe it off. I'm trying to flip it over and everything. And she gives me this little air compressor, and, and I'm trying to hold it up. And psh, my hand's freezing up because I ain't know you're supposed to hold it that long. I'm trying to do everything to dry it off. I just spent $60. And then finally we end up deciding to go to the, go to the store and get another one. Because I'm like, man, we ain't going to be able to use this thing. But on the way back, oh, gosh, we got to confess. On the way back, after I had the new one in hand, I looked at her and I said, you think we could take the other one back? And she looked at me like, and I saw the Holy Spirit in her. <laughs> I said, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm not going to take the broke one back. <laughs> but I kept the box. <laughs> oh, man. So, I was, babe, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, Pastor, what are you saying? Where are you going with this? Here it is. Here it is. For many of us, we don't have a problem getting rid of useless stuff. Because I, I, just, I just threw it away. I just threw it in the trash. I never took it back. But we don't have a problem with getting rid of useless stuff. But when it comes to stuff that we think we need, we want to keep that stuff. When it, when it comes to hurts, we want to save, save our hurts. We want to save our hurts because I may, be, I may be able to use that hurt again when you do something against me. 
Yeah, when, when it comes to disappointments, when, we don't want to throw that away. We're going to travel with that disappointment. We're going to travel with that bag because we feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to hold this because this is a reminder to me that I should never trust again. I should never trust again. And so we hold on to hurts and we hold on to disappointments and we travel with those things because we feel like we can use those. But when it comes to useless stuff, we're, we're quick to discard. Oh, man. These things we carry keep us bound. They hold us back because they're like treasures, but they're the wrong treasures. And the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart is. I beg to differ. Some people may not think that they treasure disappointments. They treasure hurts. But some of us do because we feel like we can use those later. Mm. Eugene Peterson said in his message version of the text, it says this about verse 23. He says that when it talks about this man with Jesus and him turning away, verse 23 from Eugene Peterson's message Bible, it says this, that this was the last thing the official expected to hear when he came to Jesus. Because he was very rich, he became terribly sad. And Eugene Peterson says that it was because he was holding too tight to a lot of things. And I wonder, who's holding tight to a lot of things? Everybody say stuff. stuff. Yeah. So as we travel through life, both the material things and non-material things, that we hold on to have the ability to distract us. They distract us from our purpose found in Christ. And that purpose is to be happy, to be fulfilled, to be complete. And Naya would agree with me back there, to feel significant. Um, so let me encourage you with this. Let me encourage you with this. Before what you have distracts you from what matters, Hold it loosely in your hand. I'll say it again. Before what you have distracts you from what matters, hold it loosely in your hand. Pastor, that's good. You don't know how good it is. I have a simple rule that I live by, church. I have a simple rule that I live by. Everything we have, cars, houses, family, children, spouses, everything I have, I learned the hard way. This, this rule I hold it loosely in my hand. Because like, like holding on to this ring, if you hold on anything too tight, eventually what's going to happen? You're going to lose your grip. You're going to loosen your grip and lose it. When we hold on to things too tightly, we eventually lose it. So I had to learn with, when I almost lost my wife at three years in, and y'all know that's in my testimony because I share it all the time. Three years in, tomorrow, by the way, we celebrate 30 years. But at, three, but at three years, at three years, I was holding on to my marriage because I, I come from a broken home. And I said, I don't want to be like my dad was. And he's not a bad guy. He just had misinformation. And, and I don't want to be, I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better father than, than, than that. And so I, I focused on my wife when I should have been focused on Christ. And whatever you put in, in priority, God will eventually take away. So don't hold on. I have a simple rule. Don't hold on to anything too tightly. 
And once I was able to shift that priority in my heart, he gave me more passion for her, more passion for cleaning my car, more passion for working out, more passion for my fashion. Yeah, I had to, had to rhyme. <laughs> because I said, God, you first, everything else second. It's a bonus for me. And so where I was doing wrong in the beginning, I, I just wonder how many of you have held on to things too tight. We, we, we all hold on to hips, chips, and relationships. Yes. Let me say this into the camera too tightly. <laughs> I know I have. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's for free. I got to give you this before we go. You can hold on to things, the right things and the wrong things, and get the same result if you hold it on too tight. Yeah. The right things and the wrong things. If you hold them too tightly, you'll get the same result. You'll eventually lose them. Yeah. Why, Pastor? Because we hold things not with our hands. We hold things with our heart. That's where the baggage is. That's, that's where we carry things. Yeah, you thought we carry things in your hand? No, no. You carry things in your heart. And the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? If we held things always in our hands, that would be too easy. So we hold things in our heart. And letting them go in our heart can only be done with God's help. Letting go of things in your heart can only be done with God's help. Prove it, Pastor. God's looking for willing hearts. See, a willing heart is able to let go of what's unnecessary for the greater good. I remember back when Jesus was walking the earth, and the Bible says that when he fed the 5,000, y'all remember the miracle? When he fed the 5,000 men, not counting the women and children? Before Jesus did the miracle in his hands, he did the miracle in a little boy's heart. If y'all know your Bible, the Bible says that he asked the disciples when he went off to go pray and relax, and the, and the people, the crowd of people, everybody say the people, us. When we started following Jesus, he looked at his disciples because it was getting late, and, and, and the disciples came to Jesus, and they were like, Pat, uh, Master, what are we going to do? I'm just paraphrasing. He said, what are we going to do? It's getting late, and these people are hungry. Jesus said, as the scripture says that Jesus said them to test him because he knew what he was going to do. He's not worried about his hands. He's worried about the hearts. <sighs> this is so good. This is so good. So Jesus asked them, find something to feed them with, and they found a little boy. And the little boy had two fish. He had fish and chips. He had two fish and five loaves. And the little boy, he, he thought of the bigger picture. He said, I can eat myself or I can willingly give it up and travel lighter and everybody can eat. And I just want to know how many of you are willing to give up what you got so everybody can eat? Because you're not holding on to it so tightly. Oh, man. I wonder, where did the little boy learn this? Who? Who taught, it doesn't talk about his parents in, the, in that story. It doesn't talk about his parents. Who taught him that? How, how did he learn? 
How did he learn to release his lunch so Jesus could do a miracle? We're 30, 40, 50 years old, and we're still trying to learn how to release, our, how to release things and let go of things and travel lightly so Jesus can do miracles. Now, maybe not for you. Maybe in your family. Maybe in your job or someone you know. You're working with somebody who needs a miracle, and we're still trying to figure out what the little boy willingly gave and what the little boy really, really did. He just released his lunch. And in the hands of Jesus, it was multiplied. And it was a miracle. We don't, we don't start out this way, but the little boy did. Yeah. I have two granddaughters. I'm proud of both of them. I always want to say, we don't look like grandparents. Ty, Paulette, we don't look like grandparents. You know, but we have, grand, we have grandchildren. Um, where did the little boy learn this? And I'm hoping to do a better job, babe. I'm hoping to be a better father and grandfather. And I hope I can get it right with the grandkids than we did with the girls. Um, but we have two grandchildren, Naya, who can say a few words or a, a, a few things. She, she said, eh, and Dada. She knows that. She knows Dada. But Stella, she's under two as well. And, and Stella can say a few words, no sentences yet, but a few words. She can say a few words. But one of the first words she mastered was mine. Mine. She'll take something. Tiffany bought her a ball this week because she's always wanting to play with balls. Ball, ball. And Tiffany bought her a ball, and the first thing she did, I'm, girl, this is a gift to you from us, and that's how we are. It was a gift to her. She took it and said, mine. Look at her little hips. I gave to you. And the first thing she did was claim it. It's cute. Tiffany, um, they're, ah. Oh, Oh, it's cute at first when we do that. But when you're 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and you're still saying mine, mine, well, that's hurting you, mine. I'm going to use this hurt. Mine, it's not cute no more. It's critical. When did the little boy learn to release so that everybody can eat. Man, (laughs) oh man, over time, here's what I've learned, church, over time, I've learned it's okay to enjoy things. It's okay to have things. Let me say it this way. It's okay to have it, but it's not okay for it to have you. Has something ever had you has a relationship ever had you? Has a vehicle, something as proud as I was to get my Jaguar, because I was retiring, and then somebody hit it? It had me. Not anymore. I've loaned cars. Has something ever had you? that you felt like, I need to travel with this, just in case. Hmm. You don't have to love it, church, to like it or to enjoy it, but don't let it have you. And I wonder, 
when I looked at this text, I wondered, I wondered this to myself. You never know what idols you have or you're holding on to until Jesus asks you to let them go. I'll say that again. You never know what idols you have or you're holding on to till Jesus says, let it go. Here's the point of the passage. You came all this way out in the rain in the cold to hear this. Our Bible, our Bible teaches us that God doesn't lie, nor does he forget. So in verse 28, the, the situation goes on. Peter says this. Peter says this. Peter said, see, we have left you. We have, we have left everything and followed you. Sometimes we're like Peter. Well, God, this is what you said to the, to the rich man, and he walked away. But, but, but Jesus, we, we left everything and followed you. So what's, what's in it for me? So they, it was the wrong question, but it was too soon. Everybody say, too soon. Too soon, Peter, too soon. Ugh. Ugh. We've left everything. Our homes to follow you. And Jesus said to them, <laughs> he didn't address Peter. He was sparing his feelings, I think. But Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, wife, brothers, parents, or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more, y'all see that? In this time and in the age to come, eternal life. So he's saying that, that there's, a, there's a time to get stuff now, and there's a time that you'll get stuff ultimately when you get to heaven. Pastor, I thought Jesus wants all my stuff now. Jesus don't need your stuff. It's already his. He gives you the ability to work. He gives you the ability to get. He gives you the ability to receive. He gives, he gives you the ability to give. But you have to work with him in the process. There's some stuff you're going to get now. Man, that encourages me. He's not concerned about my car. I can have a nice car. He's not concerned about my house. I can have a nice house. As long as my house and my car doesn't have me. And I'm willing to give. And I'm willing to loan. And I'm willing to not wash it on Sundays and stay at home and when I should be in church. Giving something back in praise to him. And then getting something from him in the word, as I told you last week because stuff don't have me and stuff shouldn't have you. Yeah, this Jesus is looking for willingness. It was found in a little boy and he's looking for it here today. A willingness to give in order to get. Can y'all do that? Jesus is looking for a willingness to give in order for to get. He's going to get something to you, but you're willing. It's crazy. He's willing, he's looking for you to be willing to give it up so he can get what he needs to get to you. Pastor, what is he trying to get to me now? <sighs> Some things are more valuable than money. So, Pastor, what is he trying to get to me now? Let me, let me give you a list of things I wrote down. If you're willing to give up everything in your heart, I'm not saying go out there. So don't, don't go out there and text me later and say, Pastor, I so put my house on the market. Jesus didn't tell you to do that. The only reason why he didn't have a house is because that wasn't the mission. That wasn't the assignment. So don't go selling your house talking about Jesus said, give everything up. The pastor's not saying that. But I'm, what I'm saying is be willing to have an open heart to say, say, say Lord, everything is yours at your disposal, how you want to do it, how you want, who you want me to bless, how you want me to live. And if you have a willingness to let go and leave some things behind, I believe God will give you this. He'll give you peace. 
he'll give you joy. He'll give you a sense of his love so that you will enjoy blessing others. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the other day I was, I was telling Tiffany, there are some things I need to let go of. I was looking around the house. This message was in my heart. Remember I told you I was first time, first time in my life last, last year. I mean, last week I did two sermons because I was preparing for family to come and I didn't want to have any distractions. So I did two sermons in one week. So I was, I was ruminating over the passage and I was talking to Tiff and I said, you know, I said, um, looking around the house, she really didn't know what I was doing, but we we're talking. I said, you know, I need to get rid of some stuff. The passage is in my heart. And I'm looking over and I said, you know, I said to myself as I walked away from her, I need to start with my heart. Then I need to move to my closets. Yeah. And when I start with my heart, I move to the closets. Then I'm going to move down to my garage. Get rid of some stuff. Not the car. Not the car. Not the car. He didn't say the car. He didn't say the car. He didn't say the car, girl. I know it's the 08, but it's, the, it's my 08. Or should I say yours? But um, I said, I'm going to get rid of some stuff. Because from time to time, I need to, be, I need to be reminded that none of this matters. And I need to be lighter. I need to be lighter. I need to be lighter in my heart. I need to not be so concerned about other things. Not cons no, so consumed with other things as well. And so I want to start with my heart and I'm going to move to my house. And then I reminded myself of this. And I said, uh, I need to say this to the church as a challenge. What if we lived like that? if we all traveled lighter in our heart. Um, I'm not bragging by no means. God knows I'm not bragging. But I remember when I first went to the Navy, and I'm closing with this, when I first went into the Navy, I was blessed to be able to get a car, a 74 Duster. And my mom lost her car somehow, financially lost her car. I'm going to the Navy. And I said, Mom, here's my keys. I'll get another car. I didn't know what God was doing in my heart then. But since then, since we've been married, we've been able to, when we get a new car, give another one away. And some of you have been doing that too. I know that's how TJ was blessed with one of his cars. Just throwing it out there, not putting them on the spot. But I thought, what if we live like that? He gives so we can let it go. What if our hurts and disappointments aren't supposed to stay? So we can use them later on somebody else. Because everything isn't for your hands. It's all for your heart. What if the church was like that? Remember how we started when, when others were having Easter eggs? And this is no knock on any other ministry, but as a young church, when we started, we said we, on Easter, we started doing Easter egg hunts. We're going to give some food away. And so we went off to the Chick-fil-A the day before Easter, and we said, we asked the manager, hey, um, for breakfast, when you open up, Easter weekend, I know you're closed on Sunday, but for Easter weekend, can we pay for everybody's food that comes through the doors? And they were just to plant the seed that God is not about just taking. He's about giving. And so we did it back to back years. Y'all allowed us to do that. Who does that as a young church? We didn't even be saving everything. But I want our hearts to be open to say, it's not about what we can get. 
We get so we can give. Holding everything loosely. So we're holding, our philosophy is to hold our, our finances even loosely. Yeah. So I think we need, instead of having a mind mentality, we need a give to get mentality. Not mine. Because it's not yours anyway. Yeah, remember this as you leave. Your favorite memories won't be of things you bought. I know it's the beginning of the Advent Christmas season. I know it's the beginning of the Christmas season, but your favorite things, your, your favorite memories won't be of things you bought. It'll be of things you did. Can I get an amen? amen? Yeah. So when we hold things loosely in our hands, we exchange a mind mentality for a get one, give one mentality. God gives me peace. God gives me peace. I give away disappointment. God gives me joy. I give away something else. We exchange a mind mentality for a get one, give one mentality. And that's what we want to do in this series. Next week, we're going to focus on get, uh, traveling and giving away our disappointments, solely our disappointments. And um, I think God's going to bless you with that. So this works in material things, with material things, and it works with the spiritual things, the give one, get one stuff. And I want you to know that this, the more stuff that you let go of, the more of God you're allowed to show. So let's close with that in mind. Would you stand with me? Again, I thank you for being out here in the rain. Remember to pray for those that are traveling and that are out of town. We have a lot of people out of town visiting over the holiday season. And that's all good too. But let's remember to pray for them. Let's remember that um, we're, we're entering a season where it's not just about traveling and it's not about just getting and giving, but this is the time where people are primed to know and to experience God's love. They're primed for it. Everyone's thinking about Christmas now. We've shifted from Black, from Black Friday to Christmas. Everybody, I mean, every, everybody's thinking about Christmas. Thanksgiving is done and been there, done that. Now everything is about Christmas. It's about Christ. And so I want you to have that in mind as you go about your week, about, as you go about your day, to be able to say to someone that God loves them, to show that, show it, show what's in your heart, because you will be the only Bible some people will read. That's for free. Let's close with this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for those that are listening. Lord, I pray that you've done a spiritual transaction and a spiritual awakening in the hearts of your people. Father, that you will be edified this week, Lord. That you will be glorified this week because someone was able to let go of some hurts, some bitterness, some, some unnecessary stuff, and that they've been able to change, exchange a mind mentality to a give one, get one mentality. Lord, help us. Many of us have many needs. And so, Father, I ask you to minister to those needs today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.